Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. We are in a race. We'll see if we win or not. I'll tell you about that. Michael Knowles is coming up. Brian Dean Wright. All that's coming on I'm Right. Vladimir Zelensky is in town in Washington, D.C. today to sit down with Joe Biden and beg for more of your money. I don't care. I'm, I'm way past the point of caring. I cared for about 15 minutes about this conflict. I still do care about the innocent Ukrainians, the men, women, and children who've been displaced and murdered. But there's nobody who's caused me to care less about the conflict overall than Vladimir Zelensky himself. I'm tired of the endless pleas for money. I'm tired of the ungrateful act. I'm tired that the reporting we were getting from Ukraine continues to reinforce the fact that our money is not going where it's supposed to go. Why are we finding missiles that were destined for Ukraine in Venezuela? I just don't care. It's not my fault. It's his fault. I don't care. I don't care about Russia. I don't care about Ukraine anymore. I'm tired of all the endless lies, and I'm most definitely tired that we are on the cusp of sending $100 billion in total to Ukraine. We've already sent 66. There's an additional 45 in this new horrific omnibus bill, and I don't care. But I do care about this. I do care about my country a great deal, as I know you do. We care. That's why, we've, that's why we do this. Why you watch this show every night? It's why I do it every night. It's why I do radio. It's why you get up in the morning and I do the exact same thing you do. I get up, say hi to the wife, say hi to the kids, make some breakfast, and then I'm looking at the news of the day. Oh my gosh, I I, I know, I the same thing. I know. And because of that, I try to figure out. Okay, what is the challenge we face? What what are, what are we up against? And this is how I see it right now. 
We know, obviously, about the communists. We talk about them every single day, every single night when you sit down on Umright, we talk about the communists, what they're doing, why they're doing it. We, 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 we go over everything. We know what their agenda is. They're in a mission to end the United States of America. They're going to try to burn it to ash so they can rule over the ashes. Okay, so that's, that's not good. So they've got, they're in the car, they're driving the car, got the foot slammed on the gas. We need to oppose them. We need to fight back. And we haven't begun yet. But why haven't we? Remember, we haven't begun yet. It's not even that we're not slowing them down. We're increasing the pace of all this. And I saw Mitch McConnell get up yesterday and speak about money to Ukraine, or this is yesterday or the day before, money to Ukraine, and how it's the number one priority for Republican voters, which is ridiculous. It pulls at like 1%. Republican voters just don't care. Uh, anyway, this is what he said. Making sure the Defense Department can deal <clears throat> with the major threats coming from Russia and China, providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the th challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. Okay, I know you're probably annoyed with that, probably rolling your eyes, probably, oh my gosh, this guy sucks, but we're in a race. That is our challenge right now. We are in a race. We are in a race to get rid of the old low-T GOP before the communists who are behind the wheel can jet the car off the end of the cliff. That is our race. Can we do it? Yes, we can get rid of the low-T GOP. We've had a lot of success, actually, in recent years. These various loser senators and congressmen retiring and losing primaries. So we've had a lot of success. Can we get rid of enough of them in time? Because they are the wall. They are what stands between us and fighting back against the communists. Many, probably myself included, would tell you that's actually their purpose. They view it as their purpose, being the controlled opposition. We can't ever hit the brakes on the car, put it in reverse, and start heading the other direction while Mitch McConnell and the low-T GOPers remain in the Senate and the House of Representatives. So our great challenge isn't necessarily to stop the communists because we can't even attempt to stop the communists while the low-T GOP remains in control of the GOP. Our big challenge is getting rid of these guys. That is our challenge. I'm about to read for you, courtesy of our friend of the show, Dan Bishop, I'm about to read for you a bunch of the things that are in this horrific $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. I'm going to read that for you in a second. And while I read you the list of things that are in this bill, I want you to watch this little clip of Mitch McConnell, and I want you to burn this into your mind. This is the leader of the GOP in the Senate. What chance do you and I have to fight back against the communists when he looks at a bill like this and he stands with it? So, admittedly, I'm pretty... Proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve through this omnibus spending bill essentially all of our priorities. All of our priorities. Let's, let's check in on those priorities. Again, thank you, Dan Bishop. $410 million for the border. That's good, right? Except if you look into it, that's the border in the Middle East. Oh, no, no. They, they allocated money for the border here in the United States of America, but they actually specified, I swear on my life, I'm not making this up. This is Mitch McConnell's priorities. They specified that the money they give to Border Patrol here in America cannot be used to secure the border. On my life, that's real. I'm not making that up. Oh, salmon. The word salmon appears, according to Dan Bishop, 48 times in the bill, $68 million for salmon. $3 million for bee-friendly highways, um, $65 million in two programs for Senator Leahy, and wait, wait, this is super important. We get a building, federal building, named for Nancy Pelosi, $3.6 million for Michelle Obama Trail, $524 million 
for diversity, equity, and inclusion and structural racism focused NIH subdivision. I just want to make sure, I'm going to pause on that for a brief moment. NIH, that's the National Institute of Health. This bill allocates half a billion dollars to take an organization that is supposed to be focused on disease, yeah, they've done a great job at that, and create a brand new division at the NIH that focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion, communism, cultural Marxism. 500 plus, half a billion dollars, supported by Mitch McConnell and 21 Republicans, half a billion to focus on cultural Marxism, to pay for, you paying for cultural Marxism. I'm not done. 477 grand for anti-racist training from the Equity Institute, good grief. $3 million for an LGBTQ museum in New York City. Gender programs in Pakistan, $200 million for a gender equity fund. $7.5 million to better understand domestic radicalization phenomenon, guess who they're focusing on there, with an added $1 million for gun violence research. This is, this is, again, this is a bipartisan bill. I want you to remember that. In the truest sense of the word, as I go through this, this is not one of those ones where they break off Mitt Romney and get him to vote for it and then say, hey, bipartisan, we got one Republican. This is a bipartisan bill in the truest sense of the word. Well, let's, let's continue, shall we? Let's take a walk through this. $535 million in funding for liberal media, including NPR, $25 million for the House of Representatives to uh, have diversity and inclusion. $268 million to help fund Planned Parenthood. That's the Republican Party's priorities. $268 million for Planned Parenthood to continue to murder babies. $11.33 billion for the FBI. That's an increase. $1.75 billion for the ATF. $2.63 billion for U.S. attorneys. And by the way, there's a specific thing in there that this will be focused on January 6th. That is right, the low-T GOP, the GOP establishment is trying to not decrease, not trying to disband the FBI. They're trying to increase their funding so they can continue the political witch hunt against their own base. So I'm going to play this for you. Mitch McConnell and his priorities. I'm going to play this for you really quickly. Let me ask you, are these your priorities? So admittedly, I'm pretty proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve, through this omnibus spending bill, essentially all of our priorities. Okay. And so, obviously, he's being pressed on, okay, what, what do you mean your priorities? And he's going to do, he's doing, they're all going to do, all of them, every one of these GOP losers who votes for this, they're all going to do the thing they do so often. Just like the communists, they're going to use your values against you because you are probably, you probably have steam coming out of your ears and there's like a blood vein pulsing in your forehead right now as I read through this entire list. And they know that. They know about all the corruption in here. They know about what a disaster this is. They, they understand that. So, so what are they going to do? They're going to look around and they're going to know, well, I'm dealing with patriots here. Well, tell them it's about the troops. Of course it's about the troops. Senators have two options this week, just two. We will either give our armed forces the resources and the certainty that they need, or we will deny it to them. Are you going to deny the troops? It's about the troops. I mean, yeah, we're building gay houses in New York City, but it's about the troops. Don't you, don't you love the troops? These people are the worst people on the planet. They're just as, if not more, evil than the communists. And we will never, we are in a race. We will never, ever, ever win the fight against the communists while these people continue to be a blocking force. They are blocking us from even beginning the fight. The fight doesn't begin until all these people have been primaried. So like I've said before, allow me to say it again. If you're looking for somebody to blame, go ahead and blame Republican primary voters. Because time after time after time after time after time after time, 
the supposed most patriotic, most informed voters out there will run out to the polls and they'll vote for John Cornyn again. We just did it right here in Texas. 70% 70, 70 of the vote plus. Mitch McConnell, same thing, over and over and over and over again. These losers get challenged in primaries, and they're, it's not even close. It's not even close. As long as these guys continue to sail through GOP primaries, the fight against communism never even begins. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Michael Knowles is going to join us next. We're going to have a fun conversation, talk a bit about the low T GOP and other things. You know what I'm going to ask, Michael? Look, I've been asking some hard questions. One of those questions is probably going to have to be, what kind of wallet do you have? I don't know. I don't know what kind of junk you... I, you know what? I bet Michael has one of those stupid fold-up ones that you keep in your back pocket. I have one of those forever. You know, you're sitting on it all the time. It's terrible. I used to do that. And then I realized there's a better way. So I went looking for a, one of the thin ones that fits in your front pocket. And I found those leather ones that holds, you know, three, four credit cards. And I liked them, but here's what sucked. They wear out really, really fast. Not only does your credit card end up being imprinted on the leather, not safe, the cards start falling out. It's very frustrating. So I went looking again, and I found the freaking miracle of Grip 6. Grip 6, right here. You can get the loop. You get it with or without the loop on it. But your cards, you see, this isn't leather. It's a hard case. You don't have to get this great design. You can customize your own. They have several. My cards are locked in. They don't come out, ever. After a year, they don't come out. But when I want them out, I just squeeze, and out they pop, or lock back in. Grip6.com, promo code JESSE gets you 10% off. I should note, they also have the most glorious socks and belts in the world. American-made, American products. Grip6.com, promo code JESSE saves you some money. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. The, the winners go to Washington and make laws, and the losers go home. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Joining me now, my friend Michael Knowles of the Michael Knowles Show on DailyWire.com. All right, Michael, I've been ranting and raving, as I'm sure you have, about all the crap that's in this disastrous bill. And I, the way I see it, I was thinking about it this morning, is that we are in a race. That McConnell and these old loser types, they're blocking any kind of actual resistance against the scumbags that are in Washington, D.C. And until we get rid of the McConnell types, we haven't even begun fighting. Jesse, I just want to thank you for playing my audition reel for the Mitch McConnell biopic someday. I just hope that anyone <laughs> takes that audition very seriously. I think Cocaine Mitch summed it all up when he was asked yesterday what the Republicans' top priorities are. And he said the top priority, the number one priority for Republicans is the war in Ukraine. I'm not saying anything. I'm, I, I like the Ukrainians. I hope they do great. But when, when I think of my list of priorities and the priorities of re Republicans around the country, Ukraine comes in around number 5,000, okay? Inflation, the economy, energy, immigration, family. The list goes on and on and on. But the Republicans in Washington just don't seem to get it. Okay, why don't they seem to get it, Michael? I realize Mitch McConnell lives a life of mansions and private planes and private security. I, I, I understand all that, but I also understand he's a politician. These nerds read polls every single morning about what words they should use and shouldn't use and what does this person care about. He doesn't have a single poll showing someone gives a crap about Ukraine. Why the disconnect? Well, I think that the American government the federal government is focused on Ukraine because despite protestations about the importance of national sovereignty for Ukraine, really what they view Ukraine as is an asset of the American empire. Uh, 
Russia views Ukraine as a part of the Russian empire and the, the West, NATO, the European Union and America leading the whole thing uh, view Ukraine as an important part of the American empire. So the national policy, which is largely set by the State Department and the bureaucracy and the administrative state, that was always going to be to continue to fund the war in Ukraine. And uh, the two political parties aren't going to say very much about that anyway. So they, they've decided to cram this Ukraine funding, I think it's $45 billion of military spending into the omnibus bill. But there's way more egregious things in the omnibus bill than, than military spending for Ukraine. I mean, you've got this Electoral Count Reform Act, which effectively changes the Electoral Count uh, Act of the 1880s to, to make it such that the vice president has even less of a say in the proceedings when one certifies the vote, and that people who are worried about fraud in elections don't have as much recourse to object. It's ironic because during the 2020 election, the, the Democrats kept telling us that the vice president has absolutely no ability whatsoever to reject slates of electors. Well, if he had no ability to do that, then why are they changing the law in this omnibus bill? And if they thought that the, the new electoral count law would be popular, why don't they debate it on its own? They're just gonna cram it into the omnibus. They're gonna cram all sorts of insane spending into the omnibus. They're, they're just going to, to add as much into it as they possibly can because they know that this is the only piece of legislation that they're going to get through for the next two years and so none of these politicians, Mitch McConnell or any of the other ones, are going to be held to account for it. They're all going to say, well, we had to vote for it to fund the government right before Christmas. And then they can get on with going on their TV news hits and, and not actually legislating for the next two years at least. What does he gain? Okay, so, the, so Mitch McConnell doesn't wake up and care about the country like you do. I, I, I get that. Mitch McConnell isn't as far right as you are or I am. I, I get that. But what does he gain? And it's not just Mitch McConnell. I'm, I'm, I mean, there are 21 Republicans who voted to bring this thing to the floor. What do they gain? I don't understand what the win is in it for them. Well, whatever one thinks about Mitch McConnell, you got to see that this guy is more adept at wielding the instrument of government, at maintaining and using political power than pretty much any politician in the country. And sometimes this actually has worked to the benefit of conservatives. I want to give Cocaine Mitch his due. The fact that he was able to keep Scalia's uh, Supreme Court seat vacant until Trump got elected did help us to overrule Roe v. Wade. So sometimes it benefits the conservatives. More often than not, it just kind of benefits the establishment and the more liberal wing of the Republican Party. But what do they gain? They, they get to remain in power because as irritated as you and I and conservatives are going to be about this insane $1.7 trillion spending bill that just gives a bunch of goodies to Democrats, as angry as we're going to be about it, people are going to forget about it. They're going to move on. This isn't going to be a major campaign issue. Mitch McConnell knows it, and I think he's right. Man, that is so true, and that's so daggone sad. All right, you know what else is sad? A pro-choice activist challenging Michael Knowles in public. That's very, very sad. Here's a video. Michael, do you know what the leading cause of death for pregnant people is? Pregnant people? Mm-hmm. Mothers? Women? If you'd like to call them mothers, not all of them are mothers, but if you'd like to call them that. What are they if they're not mothers? They're pregnant people. What, what people other than mothers are pregnant? Does it bother you to use inclusive language? Well, it's I, just interesting I, I prefer to use precise language. You're telling me that in order to be a moral person, I need to accept the idea that a man, someone who is born a man and looks like a man, can really become a woman. That's, that's a, a prerequisite of my being a moral person. I mean, yes. I would yes. like to identify, I do identify actually, mm -hmm. as the correct person on this issue of abortion. Okay. I identify as being correct and more correct than you on this issue. And I would just ask <laughs> that you accept and affirm my uh, identity. Do you? Well, you are not a medical professional, and abortion and pregnancy no, is a medical my concern. That's not your identity. That is my I promise you that's my identity. <laughs> that's so good. That's how you identify, Michael. I identify you that way, too. Thank you very much. You know, the liberals got very upset about this clip, which ended up going viral. And I think it went viral because it actually shows the weakness of the self-identity argument. But they got very angry and they say, you right-wingers, you only have one joke. You're always joking about how you identify as a toaster or you identify as this and you're just kind of making fun of the transgender thing. And that's true. But the reason why this actually is the answer, I identify as a correct person actually is the answer to the transgender self-identity madness 
is that when, when they throw this stuff at us, I could say, well, I identify as a medical professional. But I don't. Everybody knows that I don't. Or I could say I identify as a woman or I identify as a walrus. I don't, right? We all know. But I very much do identify as being correct. And in this case, I happen to be right. And if we are really supposed to just affirm and accept however people view themselves, then that's it, okay? I, I affirm, I tell you right now, I am correct. And I hope that every liberal out there watching will, will affirm me because, because that, that's how to be respectful and inclusive and right. I affirm you, Michael. Oh, by the way, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually agree with someone who went on CNN and said something. I do. Well, I want to see what you think about this. This is what a prosecutor on CNN said. Yeah, what do you think happens? That's what everyone wants to know. What oh, do you think I, I think uh, Donald Trump is going to be indicted. He's going to be indicted in Georgia, and I think he's going to be indicted by the feds. Right. I think they've got the evidence. We don't know exactly what a lot of these cooperating witnesses are saying. Uh, and I think that um, you've got someone like Mark Meadows, who's probably the weak link. And if you're looking for the one witness, the most likely to turn, I would vote him the most likely to turn. Michael, I don't I, I find it painfully naive the people on the right who think Donald Trump won't be indicted. I have said I don't know. I not only think he's going to be indicted, I think he's going to be arrested. and I think he's going to be convicted and probably sent to prison. What say you? I think you're totally right, Jesse. I, at the very least, I think you're right that he will be indicted. We'll see if Wiley Coyote is able to finally drop the anvil onto the roadrunner. But they're certainly going to continue to try to do this. The Democrats in Congress are trying to introduce a bill to, to prevent Donald Trump from even running for president again, which, by the way, is an important data point for the Republicans now who say that Donald Trump could never be reelected. He's totally unpopular. Everyone hates his guts. Well, if he's so unpopular, then why are the Democrats so fanatically focused on keeping this man off the ballot and potentially locked away in 2024? By the way, he could run for president even if he is sitting in a prison in 2024. It has happened before in American history. So they're obviously going after him. I don't think that the Democrats have the goods or anything like that, but, but that, that's never stopped them before. They'll, they'll prosecute even if they've got no case whatsoever. And, and Trump is just going, I think, to continue to outfox them because the man just cannot be deterred. <laughs> he's, he's just a force of nature. But, but I, I, I think the, that the roadrunner gets away yet again. I don't think the walls are actually closing in. I don't think he's actually totally cooked. But the Democrats certainly think that he is, and they're going to try to keep turning up the heat. Michael Knowles of The Michael Knowles Show. Thank you, my man. Congrats on all your success. Yes, great to be with you. Thanks, man. All right, Zelensky, Ukraine, what's going on at the Pentagon? Brian Dean Wright is going to join us next and break all that stuff down. Let's break something down for you really quickly. You are not stuck in your timeshare. You are not stuck in your timeshare. I feel like I'm talking to you. I am. Jesse, I am. I've already emailed them. I've called. They told me, no, I have to keep paying the annual fees. I didn't read the fine print. No, I know all the stories. I've heard them all before. Lone Star Transfers heard them all before. And yet they continue to overcome and get people legally and permanently out of their timeshares. They are 99% successful at it. They guarantee they'll get you out. They put it in writing and they give you a time frame in writing. You are one phone call from freedom. Don't give up. Make one more phone call for me. Do that. One more. Can you make one more? 844-310-2646. All right? 844-310-2646. We'll be back. And so no. I'm not willing to pretend that everything is fine at the Pentagon. Everything is not fine at the Pentagon. I am not willing to say that business as usual should go on. And no, I am not willing to waive the rules of regular order. Why isn't it fine at the Pentagon? What's got Josh Hawley all ruffled? Joining me now, Brian Dean Wright. You know he hosts the President's Daily Brief podcast. Unsurprisingly, taken off like a rocket ship. All the news of the day in less than 20 minutes. You want to be smarter than all your friends? There's your one-stop shop. It's free! Brian, 
what's he talking about? What's going on at the Pentagon? What's this online influence campaign? What? All right. So here's what's going on. We know that the U.S. military, the Pentagon, has been coordinating with folks at Twitter for years now to create fake profiles to spread propaganda. The idea was that these profiles would share information about, say, the Russians or the Chinese or the Iranians. We would say denigrating things about them. Okay. Now, maybe you even think that could be a good thing. Hey, who doesn't like to smear the Chinese? The problem is that stuff then leaks back into the United States as domestic news. So these foreign propaganda operations actually influence domestic audiences. That's unlawful and that's a problem. So that I think is why the Senator is rightfully saying, hey, we need to be really careful about this because we're talking about right now, at least foreign news, we're talking about you know Iran and China, but could the, could the Pentagon actually be saying other stuff with their frank accounts about domestic issues? Yeah, we need to be exploring this one. Okay, why do we do this kind of thing, Brian? You're the CIA ops guy. Is this stuff effective? If you're blasting China, the Chinese Communist Party, I realize propaganda can be effective, but online propaganda, is it moving the needle in our direction? Oh, man, this is such a huge conversation within the intelligence community. I will tell you that most people will say, no, this stuff doesn't work. It did maybe 50, 60 plus years ago. But anymore, it's extremely hard to prove that, okay, maybe you sent out tweets that will tell you about performance. Yeah, we're sending out all these great tweets. But is it effective? Is it actually changing hearts and minds at all? And that is almost universally, no, it is not. So that these propaganda campaigns aren't very effective. All right, that brings us to the FBI. This is obviously my area of concern. Big Tech is coordinating with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. In fact, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is paying Big Tech apparently for the privilege of attacking opponents of the Democratic Party. Do I have that right? Yeah, more or less, my friend. Three plus million dollars the uh, FBI is giving to Twitter saying, hey, we appreciate all the time that you're giving us to answer all of our requests or listen to us tell you what to do. So we're going to give you a few million bucks for the for the privilege of that. But I think that we're, we're seeing two different things. One... We are seeing now through very, very clear data or the, these internal documents that the FBI is policing speech. In fact, they're policing jokes. They're deciding what jokes are funny or not. We now have very clear evidence that the FBI has, has instructed Twitter, a private company, a media company, to take down accounts because they were joking about the election or you know, there was one Republican fellow saying, hey, Republicans vote on election day, Democrats, you guys vote the day after. All right, silly joke, whatever. But the FBI actually took that down. So we have that kind of targeting by these 80 plus people in this task force about propaganda, misinformation. But these guys are unelected. There's no oversight here to decide if their propaganda you know, campaigns blasting everybody who says a joke should be taken down. Yeah, that's a problem. That is absolutely an issue. And then, of course, Hunter Biden's issue, that laptop story, that's another big, big one. Yeah, Ashley, we'll get to that one in just a moment. I want to nail down on something you just brought up, oversight. Because a lot of people who aren't former ops guys, they don't understand what this means. Who is supposed to watch the watchers? Who's supposed to watch the FBI to make sure they don't turn into, well, exactly what they've turned into? Whose job is this? Yeah, you know, guys like uh, former director James Comey. Oops. Yeah, guys like that who have very, inside the FBI, people who are supposed to be upholding laws and rules, the very same people then that go out and leak things to the New York Times, all to target, in this case, former President Donald Trump by James Comey. So that's the first problem, is you have a rot issue inside the FBI. The leadership there is politicized. It, it's incredibly uh, you know, partisan. That's the first issue. The other oversight is supposed to be done by Congress. But how confident are we that you know, members of Congress who are busy running for re-election usually and raising money, that they or their staffs are really doing the kind of oversight here, especially on a day-to-day -day basis, when these agents are shutting things down? Capitol Hill's not going to be able to do that on a day-in, a day-out basis or a day, you know. So I think that that whole issue is something about oversight. you got to have different leadership at the FBI, or you just get rid of the whole thing, you start over. I like that idea. Okay, now let's go to Ukraine and Zelensky, because of course Zelensky in town today in D.C. lecturing us that we haven't given him enough money. What is the status on the money we've given him? Where is that money going? Are we saving women and children? Are we paying for somebody's retirement fund? What are we doing? 
Oh, we're doing all the above, my friend. All right, so this latest tranche of money that, that Congress is moving forward, 44, 45 billion dollars. Okay, the biggest chunk of that, over 13 billion, is actually going to pay for the salaries of Ukrainian government workers, their pensions, welfare funds. These are designed basically to, to help the Ukrainian people and the government keep itself afloat because they've got a deficit of about $5 billion every month because of the war. So you and I as taxpayers, we're paying for that. Another $4 billion for other humanitarian needs to include $2.4 billion to resettle Ukrainians here in the United States. Finally, there's about $9 billion that's going to the Ukrainians in terms of weaponry and intelligence training and so forth. But here's the kicker, my friend. Of the billions that we're sending over, especially those artillery systems, it turns out that we forgot to ask if the Ukrainians could actually maintain those things, right? Bring them into an advanced facility where they could fix them, right? The problem is there are no Ukrainians that can, that can do that. So you have to add those artillery systems, especially the, the Germans and the Brits and others, their systems. You have to ship that hundreds of miles outside of Ukraine to get it fixed. So at any one time, for instance, the German artillery systems are not there. 50% of them are not in the battlefield because the Ukrainian guys can't actually fix this stuff. So we're sending a lot of money and weaponry over there. Not necessarily all of it is even there to do the good work. And by the way, we're only tracking about 10% is actually got into Ukraine. The other 90%, I don't know. We hope it's there. We're just not sure. Hold on, hold on. We know that 10% of the military equipment has gotten to Ukraine, and we don't know where 90% of it is? Is that what you just said? That is true, sir. That is according to the Pentagon. They've uh, done a little bit of research with their own boots on the ground, figuring out where all that weaponry has gone. 10% can be confirmed to be in Ukraine. The other 90%, uh, fingers crossed, it's hopefully there. So I don't want to get sidetracked on something like this, Brian, but I just, just thinking back to my head about Afghanistan, watching the Taliban fly Black Hawk helicopters with M4s hanging around their neck, American MVGs, and now Ukraine. We don't know where 90% of the weapons are. So, I mean, I hate to, I hate to just spitball here, but that tells me in future conflicts, American troops are going to be gunned down by American weapons, correct? Yep. That's correct. And remember, Ukraine's history for decades was it is a was a black market for weaponry. So you have all these weapons dealers who are already in Ukraine. Now that, that place is floating with this stuff. So if you talk to guys who've been over there recently, they'll tell you, yeah, this is a problem. And we are going to see these weapons face either us or Europeans or actually we're even hearing reports of this stuff getting into Africa already, fueling some of those conflicts. So, yeah, this is going to be a nightmare we're going to live with for decades. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, finally, Corinne Diversity hires up there talking about Title 42. We know smugglers uh, will try to spread misinformation to take advantage of these vulnerable uh, migrants. But I want to be very clear here. Uh, the fact is that the removal of Title 42 does not mean the border is open. Uh, anyone who suggests otherwise is simply doing the work of these smugglers who, again, are spreading misinformation and which, are, which is very dangerous. What's the removal of Title 42? Uh, all right, so this is a Trump era rule that they implemented that basically if you come to the border, we don't have to hear your asylum claim uh, in no small part because of the COVID pandemic, right? So it was used, some people say as a pretext to dump people out of the border, refuse them from getting in because most asylum uh, uh, applications, 60 to 80% of asylum applications are rejected. So it's a system that's abused. So Title 42 kind of helps in that sending those people back that would never actually be able to get here in the first place in terms of an asylum application. So her suggestion, though, that if you say that the border is open, that somehow you are complicit with the human smugglers, come on. New York City, the mayor is saying it is an existential crisis for his town. They are, they are being overrun by illegals. El Paso, state of emergency there. Denver saying, when is this going to end? The governor of, of uh, Illinois and California, again, all Democrats so far are saying, that we've got a border problem. So her suggestion that by acknowledging truth, acknowledging that we do have an open border, that somehow that's you're complicit with the bad guys, get out of here with that. It's absurd. Even her own party knows that. Brian Dean Wright, the President's Daily Brief podcast. Thank you, my friend, as always. You betcha. All right. That was some ugliness. Let's focus on something beautiful. Me.
and Mike Slater is going to join us and make us feel better about some things next. You know what else is beautiful? Not having allergies. I love it. I suffered for years, maybe you do too. When I was 10, 10 years old, we moved from Ohio to Montana. And the second my feet hit the ground in Montana, my eyes got red. And they were red for the, like the rest of my life. Just allergies, allergies, allergies. Over-the-counter medication. Air purifiers all over the place. Just anything, just give me some relief. The only thing that ever worked was Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It's, it's great. Just this little black box. Doesn't hardly make any noise. Goes right in the outlet in the wall. My allergies are gone. I don't even own allergy medication anymore. I'll never forget the day I took the bottle of it and threw it away. It felt good. It felt like a drug addict being free. Go to EdenPureDeals.com because they have an unbelievable deal on a three-pack right now. $200 off. You can get a three-pack for under $200. EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE is how you do it. All right? We'll be back. All right, enough of the spending bill. Let's talk about spending at home because it's Christmas time. U.S. home sales fell 7.7% in November, making it a record 10th straight month of declines. Household income down, inflation up, plus all the death and sickness and everything else. Remember, Christmas time, while it is a wonderful, joyful time for many, myself included, it can be a very, very sad time for others. Joining me now, my friend Mike Slater of the amazing Politics by Faith podcast, giving people some perspective. Mike, Christmas time isn't all joy and happy for everyone. No, not for everyone. And, and it fits in actually to the spending that you were just talking about. It fits into this like hopelessness, right? Like we vote for you Republicans, you betray us right from the jump. Like, what are we doing here? Just the state of our country, read the other day, there's 7 million unemployed 25 to 54 year old men who aren't even looking for a job. And they spend 2000 hours a year on a screen. So it's six hours a day. Half of them are on pain meds. So the men of our country are playing Call of Duty stoned all day long. So there's like this general hopelessness in our country. And then, as you were mentioning, like people losing their jobs, right? There's like, Christmas can be hard for people. There's this expectation of happiness and fun and cookies and carols and smiles and all this. But if you're watching this right now, this may be a terrible Christmas for you. Maybe a loved one just passed away. An uh, old friend of mine passed away just a couple days ago. His family, their Christmas is gonna suck. It's like the worst Christmas ever. So if that's you, I just want to acknowledge that this is gonna be a hard year for you. My son was in the NICU for two weeks. They let him go it was just a couple days before Thanksgiving. But there were a bunch of other kids in the NICU that did not go home for Thanksgiving. There's a bunch of kids in the NICU at your local children's hospital right now. Uh, it's tough. And I, I want to bring this up because if you want to commiserate with people who have experienced deep loss, it's all in the Bible. Job, Moses, Jonah, Elijah, and Paul all prayed to God to kill me. They weren't asking for relief so that they could enjoy the rest of their life. They were asking to die. So they were in quite a pit of despair and they, they, they got out of it. <laughs> and one of the ways they got out of it, this is one of the things that they all had in common and, and I think we need to get back to in our country is they dealt with their soul. No one today ever talks about the soul. Um, in California, they're debating a bill right now that would legalize psychedelic drugs. Right? And, and the idea is like, oh, there's people with anxiety and depression, so let's just have them trip out on magic mushrooms and we'll fix their brains. Like, geez, guys, that's what we need in our country right now, magic, uh, psychedelic mushrooms. But it's all in the head, right? We all deal with the head. We never deal with the soul. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a friend of mine, his dad passed away. He was 64. He had four kids and went to their funeral, and they opened with a stunningly beautiful version of It Is Well With My Soul. And it was just my goal in life now is to live in a way that when I die, my entire family and friends can gather in a place and sing with a full heart and with complete assurance that it is well with my soul. But I was thinking, and super famous song, you've never heard it before. Uh, it's fantastic, give it a Google. But it got me thinking, and the story of the song is unbelievable. So the guy who wrote it, Horatio Spafford, you'd think it is well with my soul. You'd think life was great, life was awesome for him. And every Christmas was amazing, but it wasn't. He had a wife and five kids. His first son died of pneumonia when he was young, 1871 this was. Uh, that same year, his, he lost his business in the great fire in Chicago. Two years later, his wife and four daughters were on a boat from US to France. 
And he was planning to go with him, but he had to stay behind for a business thing. So he's like, you just go ahead. I'll, I'll leave a couple of days later. Four days later, the boat collided with another boat in the middle of the ocean. All four of his daughters drowned. His wife survived, made it to Wales a couple of days later, sent a wire to her husband that said, saved alone, what shall I do? How about that? Imagine you get that message. Right? Saved alone, what the heck am I supposed to do now? So he got on a boat as soon as he could. And four days out into the ocean, the captain called him into the cabin and uh, told him, hey, this is where your, your children all died. And that's when he wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. <laughs> so if you're having a tough Christmas, I just want you to think about these great men uh, and, and people who have been there with you and to work on your soul, because that's what we need to work on most in our country too. Mike, tell me about the killing of Jesus. You have a special on the first. What's it about? Yeah, uh, everyone wanted to kill Jesus. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We think, we have like this very like nursery school, Sunday school image of Jesus and of the Bible too, where like, oh, here's Noah and a boat with a cartoon giraffe and elephant. And we never really graduate from that uh, idea of the Bible and of Jesus. And we have this idea of Jesus where he's like either a baby or he's walking around with a lamb under his arm all the time. But like, that's not how that was. People wanted to kill him. Obviously Pontius Pilate, the Pharisees, almost everywhere he went, he would say things and the people were so angry, they would pick up stones and try to kill him or throw him off a cliff. And then very beginning, King Herod wanted to kill him. He killed all the zero to two year olds in all of Bethlehem to prevent this king of the Jews from being worshiped above him. He saw himself as king of the Jews. So from the very beginning, the Magi wanted to worship him and the king wanted to kill him. And that's a metaphor for today too. That's our choice today, murder him or worship him. And we all have that same choice today. So we explore all the people who tried to kill and wanted to kill Jesus uh, in our latest special. Mike Slater, have a Merry Christmas, buddy. Thanks for the time, brother. Merry Christmas. All right, we'll be back with Lighten the Mood next. So I just want to talk, just you and me, as we lighten the mood here. I don't have a real job anymore. I, I, as you well know, I've lived my life very normally the same way you have, from washing dishes to construction for many years, to the Marine Corps, to I've sold RVs. But now I do TV and radio for a living. I bring you this show for an hour every night, radio for three hours every night. And that's not a job. You have a job. I, I, I get to sit and do what I love for a living. Screw off. But there are some negatives, not many, but there are some. I don't want to cry, but there are some. And one of them is this. I love to eat. You know I love to eat. I'm a food junkie. The wife says I have an unhealthy obsession with food, which is not very nice, but it probably is true. I love to eat. Because I now talk on camera and on radio for a living, I have to be careful what I eat and, more importantly, when I eat it. If I show up here to do the great I'm right every single night, and let's say I walk in 15 minutes before the show, start putting on my suit jacket, and I look over and the fellas here in the studio have gotten a, a big old meat lover's pizza, normal Jesse wants to go eat that pizza. But TV host Jesse has learned, if I go tear through that pizza, I'm gonna be like five minutes into my first interview and it's gonna be, ugh, I'm gonna get the burps. I get the burps sometimes. So I don't like Alabama's Governor Kay Ivey. She was a ridiculous, horrific tyrant during COVID. So I don't care for this person and I'm glad something happened that embarrassed her. But I just want to say I've been there. They are, um, we're getting a, <coughs> excuse me, a slight increase in the number of doses that we'll be getting to the state. We're getting a, ha <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> you idiots. Uh, see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. 
born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the foundation's homeless veteran program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans because all veterans who served honorably, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. Org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount.